Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to the special Christmas edition of Music Speaks. This podcast dedicates itself to how music impacts people's lives. For this show, we usually have three co-hosts, myself, Mary Haddix, and my name, Sean Kunis, and my friend over there in his white t-shirt, Hunter Sagona. Merry Christmas, guys, and happy holidays. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you as well. Merry Christmas. Ah, so Sean, Mary, and I all believe that many people have a playlist that make their life unique through music. We pride ourselves on building upon our musical knowledge with our featured guests, jamming to incredible music, talking about a wide variety of artists and composers, and everything in between. And the quote of the day today, um, just to celebrate Christmas, of course, this is the quote. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from 1 to 92. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. And name that song, well, it is the Christmas song, Merry Christmas to you. Here we go. All right, welcome back. We are here with our Christmas uh, picks, our favorite Christmas songs. Uh, and uh, I'm starting out, so uh, my two that I chose, the first one is Christmas Time Is Here, written by Vince Guaraldi for uh, Merry Christmas Charlie Brown in, I believe, 1965. And, uh, you know, this song, whenever this song comes on, I always feel like it's one of the quintessential Christmas songs. Like, and it's never one that anyone thinks of off the top of their head when you ask for Christmas songs. And yet when you hear it, there, it's unmistakably Christmas time to me anyway. Um, I, I can't think of anything else. Um, there's something about it. I, I don't know if it's the brushes on the drums to give it that shuffling feel or if it's, or, or rather the, the calm feel, it's not a shuffle. Um, or if it's just the slow, methodic tempo of it, plus the gorgeous harmonies in the background. I don't know. It just, it has the quintessential feel for me. Um, so uh, Mary and Sean, I don't know what you particularly get for me. And maybe you don't agree with me on it being so quintessentially Christmas, but what do you think? Well, actually, I, I think you're right about... Um it's got this feel to it. And you said something about the brushes. I mm -hmm. also think that the rhythm, um, like the way that the melody is altered over time um, affects it too. It makes you get this snowy sense of feel like there's a fog. Um, mm -hmm. The beat yeah. isn't really there. So it's, it's interesting how jazz often has this quality. Um, and you're right. People don't always think about this one when they think of Christmas music. Um, Maybe because it's jazz, I don't know. But um, Charlie Brown for me has always held this like holiday kind of feeling. And um, my dad being a trombonist, this was one of the first like tunes I heard in the holiday season anyway. Oh, um, really? So this, yeah. And this one has, uh, you know, a good space in my heart. But I do think um, that partially because of the aesthetic I portrayed and how well he does the, the snow thing. I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> how well he does the snow thing that also adds into kind of the stigma about the piece in some ways. Um, mm -hmm. In the same sense that 
after the first cup of hot cocoa or three cups of eggnog, you kind of want to drift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's how this piece kind of resonates for me. Um, it's the mm -hmm. 11 p.m. or 7 a.m., you know, hot drink of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that analogy. You know, you know, you know, Hunter. I almost feel like there is a theme for this podcast. We can use something new, something sorry, something old, something new, something blue, something borrowed. Where like you're the old, I'm the new. Hunt marries the something borrowed, something blue in a way. <laughs> and I feel like I almost feel like you have the classical sound. Of Christmas mm -hmm. Down, like those songs that you picked are really quintessentially classic Christmas, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, my notes about the song are, I said it's a classic song. I think it's original, groovy as hell, because Vince Girardi is a, uh, is a beast on the keys. Um, and I almost feel like your first two songs are almost connected because they're both in three. Um, mm -hmm. Because... It almost really adds to that kind of sound. I'm not sure. I it always weird. It's always weird when I listen to that song. I always feel bad for the kids who are singing the song because they sound so sad. <laughs> yeah, you can hear the eyelids droop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can hear Christmas time. <laughs> Although that sort of contributes to Mary's. Um, Mary's yeah. analogy, right? It's it's eleven a.m. Those kids should be in bed. They're dreaming about Chris, or they're not. They're groggy because they're still waking up. <laughs> Maybe they pulled them out of bed at like I don't know four yeah. in the morning to record the song. It does or match the aesthetic. It does. It really Maybe does. Maybe the kids pulled out the parents to look at the presents and then sing the song. That's what I'm exactly. thinking. Exactly. There you go. There you go. There you go. Well, I like that. Um, blow a hole in the the answer of this one um exactly. you know one one aspect of the song that i think are, that's really cool that i think is undervalued is the ideal of percussion mm -hmm. in the song because i think it almost adds to the aesthetic of uh of walking in the winter time i think too mm -hmm. kind of just it, it almost adds to that extra calm setting of of this song which i think is really cool yeah, feet going through the snow is sort of like the brushes on the drum head. That's I, I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. The other image this one brings up for me is actually like skating, like ice skating. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a big skater, but I have a friend that is, and um, I I go every year. But um, it's got this lilt to it um, in the same sense that you might imagine. Um, I don't know my terms whatsoever, but a pirouette on, on skates that when you land, um, it's kind of how I see this. If, if um, you know, I were imagining uh, an illustration with this music, that would be something that mm -hmm. for me. Which is interesting because Garaldi also wrote a piece for that same movie called Skating. Is it the um, same movie? Yeah. Um, well, actually, no, you know, now that you say that, it might not be. The, uh, he might have wrote that for... Um, I don't think it was the Thanksgiving one, but it could have been. Yeah, see, I don't remember. I, yeah, but yeah, um, now I'm not sure, but I'll I'll check into that and get back to you later. But um, they but both have that same kind of color, you're right. Exactly right. The coloration is very similar. This see that reminds me of 
the song skating always reminded me if we're talking about like a, a vivid picture here, like it's sunny out, but every, or, or like it's partially cloudy, everything's frozen. Everyone's out playing in the, um, in, on the frozen lake or pond or whatever. And, you know, it's like a good time was had by all. This one is more like the movie where, um, you know, it's, it's later, it's dark, it's gray, but it's snowing lightly and you're walking like either by yourself or with one other person. And it's like a very calm atmosphere. You know, it's, it's just like very nostalgic feeling. I, Cause I want to say sad. It's not really sad. Although Charlie Brown, he always was sort of a, a sad soul. Um, so it gives that feel to it, which that feel is something that I think is very uniquely Christmas seeming. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, switching gears a little bit, although like Sean said, I guess sticking in a, a similar theme here is a song by Sammy Khan and Julie Sign, which is the Christmas Waltz, which was actually written in 54 to be performed by Frank Sinatra. And it, it's... It is exactly what it sounds like. It's a waltz about Christmas. Um, and it's been done many times over the years by various people. <laughs> um, and to be honest, I really like the Carpenter's version of this song because Karen Carpenter has just a, a beautiful voice. And the harmonies that are usually in the Carpenter's music, the way their music is orchestrated, is gorgeous. But I also wanted to, to focus on the uh, version that we have on here, which is being sung by Kristen Chenoweth, Um whose voice is just so you know, clear, you know what I mean? It's such a clear and um, bright voice that I think it really fits with the tone of the song. And she has a great background um, accompaniment, which is more like, you know, it starts off with this big string thing, but then it goes into more of a, um, more of a jazz accompaniment, sort of Giraldi-esque, to be honest, um, whereas the Carpenter's version is much more orchestral. So... I think it's a, it's sort of a nice view of both different versions of the song. And how about you two? Sure, John, why don't you go first? Okay, so I almost felt like it was really cute. This is a very cute yeah. song. Um, and Hunter, we always like to find themes in your music, which are very nice. And we find that the theme for, for this one is corny as hell. No, I'm kidding. That's the one that... I'm thinking of is <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm just thinking. It almost feels like when 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 China Chenoweth is singing, like I think of um, her voice is just so sugary mm -hmm. and buttery, like and, or you know, or marginary as you know one would say. So it just adds to that great aesthetic, as I said again, of just kind of building in the beauty of this kind of slow classic Christmas. I think we, mm -hmm. we talked about that pretty briefly about what it sounds like to, to be with Christmas. We talked a, bit, a little bit about, I think when um, Sharice was here, we talked a little bit about what makes good Christmas songs. Mm -hmm. I think that this is a good Christmas song because it adds into bits of nostalgia. So mm -hmm. I think we think about that when we, when we listen to songs. The lyrics play a big role because then we think about what the lyrics mean and that leads us down the rabbit hole of thinking about family and what it means to us and how important it is for us to, to stay connected. And I think that with the waltz, life is a waltz, as said by Joe Isashi. But I think that mm -hmm. in a way, like it, it is kind of memorable 
of the the next step of, of dance you know it's a very beautiful elegant part of, of christmas but it's also about building a community and i think chenoweth adds that in with the strings and with uh, with the aesthetic of the kind of shiny glittery aspect of the of the song mm -hmm. definitely yeah i do think there's something to be said here for um covers or um you know, different versions of a tune. And I'm sure this will come up again during the episode, but um, one of the oddest things I think about Christmas time um, is that there are always songs that you don't want to hear because <laughs> too many times. And so you get into this um, kind of space where like new Christmas albums aren't like a super big deal unless they do something new. So, um, in particular, this Christmas waltz, it does do a, a couple things, I think, not necessarily better than the Sinatra original, but the overall package of what it creates, it works um, just overall differently. And so in I this agree. particular cover, I think that the emotion that comes through um, more so than in the original is the idea of joy. Mm -hmm. and positive um connection to some of this whereas and you know it, it's also this is sinatra but um he has this like blue tone mm -hmm. to his original christmas waltz and it's almost like melancholic yeah he doesn't mm -hmm. outwardly say he's missing home for christmas it kind of feels like that and this christmas waltz feels like you're in the room mm -hmm. yes that's a really good way of putting it so um it's and I don't know if it has to do with um, like harmony at this point. I do think that there are some a little bit more of closed textures. Um, but uh, I think that's also because of the style that they're going for. Mm -hmm. So there's more um, voices to the mix. So it's a little denser. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, if any, anyone have anything else to say about these two? Not necessarily. No? Um, All right. Well, in that case, then, we are going to take a quick break sponsored by our friends at Anchor. And if you like these podcasts, please think about subscribing. Uh, if you'd like to contribute to our podcast, please consider going to anchor.com and search Music Speaks Podcast. And now our break, our Anchor-sponsored break, and more Christmas on its way. Okay, and we are back on this bright and shining morning here in Connecticut. No, that's not true at all. It's very cloudy and very bleak. No, I'm kidding. Um, Merry Christmas to y'all. Um, in Texas, I'm sure it's very pretty. Um, we're going to talk about one of my favorite Christmas songs now, sort of shifting from something old to now something new, which has to deal with Jacob Collier and the Christmas song. Um we got to listen to it a little bit before we started the podcast. And guys, I, I think I say it too much on this podcast, but music can really be notated down to like physical art. I think it's just so beautiful. And the colors in this, this arrangement are just so beautiful. I love his skills of playing the melodica. It's incredible. Um, and kind of like all over the place, but it is, it, it's, it's sparkly, it's beautiful, kind of almost similar to, to Haunter with the, the previous Christmas waltz song, 
about how it makes us feel when we listen to nostalgic music like that. So I wanted to get your take on it. Uh, Mary. Oh, okay. Well, um, I said this earlier um, when we were listening to it, but um, every time you listen to most of Collier's music, but especially like something like this, every time you listen to it, there's something new. I think mm. that I notice. Um, mm. Typically, that is a harmonic realization <laughs> more so than anything. It's like, oh, that's a cool voice. I didn't hear that the first time. Um, and partially, it's it's because it's, it's a really busy piece. Um, when you think of the Christmas song, you think of chestnuts roasting by an open fire, and you're sitting there on the brick and not moving. And in this particular mm. tune, it seems like you're on a not um, a, like almost like a carousel, except you're passing, you're taking circles and then passing on to other ones. And yes. eventually you end up in a place that is nowhere related to what originally was there. But, um, and that's something that I think is really cool about Collier's music too. He makes, he takes you on a journey, um, but still stays in the same ballpark for the most part. And it, it makes the bounds inside the box. It's like we, he found corners of the, staying in the box that we didn't even know existed in right. some ways. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I think there's um, something to be said here again about, about different versions because um, a traditional like this, when you try to put it in a different style, a lot of times it's hard to pinpoint one because people have preconceived notions about mm. the piece so often right. something will flop mm. or you know it's it's just not the best version so no one will listen to it in some ways and it loses um mm. listening there but uh, especially um with what he does harmonically um he makes his own space in the literature right. so it's yeah. it's always really cool to to listen to him and you know it's nice that he has Christmas music too. <laughs> Hunter, we've we've done two episodes together about his music. Mm -hmm. um, did this one surprise you at all, or um, have you listened to this one before? No, I haven't listened. listened I hadn't listened to this one prior to putting it on this list. I'd listened to him before, obviously, but um, yeah, it, like I didn't know what to expect from it. But being him, the minute it started, I'm like, this is totally what I would have thought he would have come up with something like this and yet it's it's still <laughs> that's it's right, still surprising yeah. to hear because it's so layered it's mm -hmm. harmonically so mm -hmm. I, I what sort of i'm looking for not i, I don't want to say bloated because that's like a negative kind of but that it has a negative <laughs> it has a negative connotation to it and i mean it in a positive connotation it's you can so, say dense i think dense. it's dense, I think dense sure dense, yeah. um yeah, not bloated. Uh, it's dense, um, <laughs> which I think is very cool. A lot of people don't like dense, densely harmonic music. They don't really get it all the time. Um, they just think it sort of sounds like you know you put mm -hmm. your hands on the piano and go, you know. But there is a there <laughs> is like a, a yeah. <laughs> there is a a structure to it, and I think that with such a known song, it's helpful. Um, and Christmas music is often very very densely harmonized because you know it gives a rich full sound. Um, whereas maybe some of the other songs that Collier's covered maybe have thinner textures, and so when he adds things to it, um, it's 
a little more shocking. This, to me, of all the things that he's done, sounds the most traditional, um, which is funny because I wouldn't say anything sure. he does is traditional. It's just of all of the things I think he follows <laughs> most closely to the original um, in this particular version of the song. So right. that was just my observation of that. Yeah, yeah Jacob Collier is a really good example of, of personal identity in mm -hmm. the sound. Um, we were talking about the in the the last the Tchaikovsky episode that we did, and um, you know, it, identity as a musician, both as a performer and as a composer, um, it can happen instantly for some people, and you just stick with it. Um, but what I'm getting at is that um, Collier never ceases to surprise me. I think. Yeah. yeah. And um, there are some composers that, you know, you've played one piece and then you've played kind of most of them. Um, and in terms of uh, <laughs> really the experience you're getting as a as a player in some ways. But um, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm really thankful that at Christmas time, you know, we are still making Christmas music. So uh, we'll talk more about that, I think, at the end of the episode. But uh, it's it's good that we have a source of inspiration that keeps giving. Mm -hmm. right. so. And I think that's really cool about his music is just how diverse a sound he can get from different voices. And I just I, I can't get that whole tone thing that he did out of my head, which I think is just just really cool. Um, quite fascinating. Guys, we're going to talk about my next song. All I want for Christmas is Hunter. Sorry, uh, you. <laughs> uh, all I want for Christmas is you, uh, Mariah. Mariah Carey. Um, guys, uh, this is the quintessential Christmas song. Whenever I hear it, I'm like, it is Christmas time, y'all. What do you guys think? Yes, this definitely puts me in the Christmas spirit. Mm. The first time. <laughs> the first time <laughs> very very important only only one time <laughs> um I, I i love mariah i love that she sings this really well her vocal range is impeccable and i think that there's a lot of really good aspects of her music just like jazz popping in there um to say hello i think it's interesting that when we think about mariah she has an interesting career but this one really stands out to me because it adds to that nostalgic christmas feel that we all think about from time to time uh i'll start with hunter this time what do you think buddy so the song you know it, it is one of those songs that you hear well first of all you know i had a teacher or i had you know i had a teacher uh he's i work with him in a community band that um i play in and he always says, if you throw jingle bells in any song, it becomes a Christmas song. So I feel like you could easily take <laughs> the jingle bells out of this song and be, and it could be like, and you know, you change the word Christmas and it could become a really good, like non-Christmas song. You know what I mean? Like it has that potential because it's a very sure. poppy tune to it. It does have a lot of those jazz elements. So I think it could be good out of context mm -hmm. of Christmas time as well. Um, but of course, mm -hmm. you know, it is a Christmas theme song and therefore it has become such a staple of it. One thing that's not so much present in the original version of this song by her, which is present in actually a medley, not medley, in, in a version we do in the band, 
um, is the, the the tone of it has changed a little bit. It, it, it's not quite as poppy and it sounds more jazz based. And underneath it, maybe I just can't hear it in the recording, but Jingle Bells is being played underneath it. Like the song Jingle Bells, not actual like hitting Jingle Bells um, is being played oh, underneath sure. it. Yeah. And it worked in a little more uh, jazz fashion. And it works so well underneath the melody of this song that it surprised me when I heard it on the radio. I was like, wow, I don't really hear it. Is it not part of the song? Was it just mm-hmm. the arrangement? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, even without it, I think, you know, it definitely puts a lot of people in in the Christmas mood. Has Is it my favorite Christmas song? No, <laughs> not really. But I think I can appreciate why so many people connect with it. Yeah, I do. Uh, Mary, anything yeah. else? Well, I mean, you you can't get through the month of December without hearing this at least once, you know. Um, and uh, likely more than that. Yeah, and, I mean, I love this this song. It's definitely I tried to sing it when I was a kid, and my mom hated me for it, you know. Like, huh. <laughs> but not really. It definitely it puts you in the in the spirit of things and the the life that mariah carey brings to it um and just the the timbre of her voice is also it's just as bright as the the sleigh bells are um portraying in some ways and um so i think here we don't have to go very far into it but um i figured sean would hit us up with some slam poetry to be honest but uh, <laughs> You know, the, the lyrics of, of a song like this, um, and uh, like we were talking about with Cerise, like what makes a good Christmas tune. Um, sometimes the lyrics to traditional tunes are not um, very prominent, I think. And what's cool about All I Want for Christmas is You is that not only is like the background very outwardly Christmassy, but like the lyrics scream it and the lyrics make the tune mm. in this case. So um I think otherwise you end up with um like tunes like the uh, is it Giraldi? Um yeah that end up with that kind of like foggy snowy kind of aesthetic. I'm gonna say it again, but it, it it's vague enough to the point where like that, that's what you can get out of it. But um Anyways, I think lyrically, you know, this tune, no one can do it but her. <laughs> so, um, again, you know, there's Fair something enough. said here about um, personal yeah. identity. Mm. Um, it covers and arrangements of this particular tune. It always reminds me of the Mariah Carey. You know? So, um, sure. And you know, just for those who want a little bit of slam poetry, maybe a little bit of singing, and I'm not going to try to butcher it as much as possible, but I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. And then I'll keep going on. But just thinking about really great Christmas songs. Like you said, Barry, I think it's just it's really about the lyrics and how we really feel about the tune. Um, it is about listening to it once and then saying, okay, goodbye. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it almost feels like when we listen to this music, I I do feel sentimental thinking about kind of this kind of music and uh, but yeah. 
We are going to take a break. I don't have any presents for y'all, but I do have handles for y'all, which are very exciting. So if you'd like to follow us on social media, uh, we are going to take a break, sponsored by our friends at Anchor. But if you want to follow us, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and the YouTube, as Hunter likes to coin that phrase. Uh, on Twitter, we are at MusicSpeaks underscore pod. On Instagram, we are MusicSpeaks underscore podcast. On Facebook, it can't get even simpler. MusicSpeaks podcast. On TikTok, we are at MusicSpeaks underscore podcast. And on the YouTube, we are just MusicSpeaks podcast. We're going to take a break. And after the break, we're going to listen to Mary's playlist. And we'll be right back after this. And we're back, guys, to our Christmas episode here on Music Speaks. And um, so we're going to talk about the two songs that I brought to this episode. And um, the first one of those is um, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, which um, I cannot get into the season without hearing both versions, to be honest, that I like. But um <laughs> anyways the one that i've put on my list is actually the one with jim carrey um from the movie and um i don't want to talk about it yet i do want to say that the boris karloff version is absolutely amazing um it's just for me the christmas i i have so much nostalgia nostalgia wrapped up in christmas that this version of it um sets off more neurons so to speak um anyways so uh this version of you're a mean one mr grinch is the uh jim carrey actually sings in it and um different than the original it's not like a full wind band accompaniment um it's more of like a jazz kind of setup and um the acting um and some of the the silly cinema kind of things that go on in the movie too they really add to i think the style of the piece in some ways so um anyways i um i just i love how the brass interjections and the the noises that are going on in um the small town of whoville up um, <laughs> you know like it the entire um way that seuss is portrayed through this and you can almost imagine like it has it's almost as if there's like this thin tar on everything because it, it's got this shininess underneath but it's tarnished just to an, a certain point but it's mm -hmm. it's like good stink <laughs> jazz <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better term so uh well first of all um which one of of the two, like this one or the old one, is your preferred? Um, Hunter, do you want to start? Sure. Um, to be honest, I had never seen. I mean, I, I I'd seen bits and pieces of the Jim Carrey movie before, but I never really watched it. Uh, this is gonna sound bad, but like something about him really annoys me. And um, <laughs> you know, him. I, I sort of lumped them all into the same category. Him, Will Ferrell. Jim Carrey, well, he is Jim Carrey. Yeah. Him, Will Ferrell, and Steve Carell. They all sort of, I put them in the same category, and I, I'm not a big fan of them. That's just me. It's because I'm told I'm a stick in the mud, but whatever. No, it's um, okay. I just so threw up on them. When I so. when I heard this, I was like, oh, this seems very, yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing. And some people, like, to some people, this is the 
Christmas movie. Like this is their thing. And I could totally see that watching it, how, how that could be. Um, the version, I thought it was very quirky. It was very different from the original, which is sung by uh, Thrall Ravenscroft, which is, uh, yeah. sorry, Thrall Ravenscroft, um, which is just like a great name. It sounds like an old, um, like, hello, this is Mr. Ravenscroft. You know, it's like very <laughs> old timing. Um, yes. I prefer his version just because very it's classic. more of a straight song, whereas this one is interspersed with, like you said, all the different little uh, sound effects and commentary and things. So, and I can I can see why that's very endearing. Yeah, it just it reminds me of a Broadway aspect approach. Very much so. Things, and um, I can appreciate that around this time of year. But um, Sean, what were you going to say? You know, I think it's really interesting because both of them really do add their own perspective on the character. Um, the animated movie, when it came out, I thought was also really interesting, too. I thought that um, that kind of took a new th thought about how we can represent the Grinch, which I think is really cool. Um, to which you are referring the more, the more recent animated one? The more recent with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Right. I was going to say, I don't yeah. think you were around for the original being released. <laughs> <laughs> the, the OG, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but I, I, do, I, do, I, do, I do think of Boris when I do think of um, th this song. But I, I, do, I do think that, I guess I'm a little tied because I do like this version as well. Because I think it adds a new, uh, like I said earlier, with, with, our, with our theme of something new, something borrowed, something blue, something old. So I'm in a way I I feel like there is there is great deal of admiration that goes into to writing the ad adaption for this because it's different and I think that when people take on different characters they can add their own feeling to it and I think that that one aspect of the the movie which I think is really uh, made across really well is just how silly everything is and just kind of how ridiculous the language is used and, and Seuss's literature and just kind of how like it's bouncing yeah. around and the uses of rhyme and meter. So I think it's, it's just really beautiful. And I think something that's really cool about the Carrie version is just how playful and, and fun it is. You know, I think we'll get to, to with your, with your next song about that sort of jazz aesthetic we're going for maybe within all of our songs in that sort of same vein that, you know, it's, this might not be the quintessential jazz song or quintessential, sorry, not quintessential Christmas song, but we think about Christmas when we think about the song because it represents a time of year we all think about um, how grateful we are for, for one another um, going further, I think, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I um, usually don't ramble, but that's fine. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, I think that the tune is definitely... Um, mm -hmm everyone that has heard it before it brings up like vivid imagery, you know, cause there are movies, yeah. but um, the, the shifts in color um, in his voice and this one, especially it's kind of funny cause he's not, he wasn't classically trained, you know, um, or wait. Um, Carrie, the, the singer or, yeah. or Boros. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Boris. <laughs> oh, no, that's my uh, it's no it's okay <laughs> sorry um yeah carrie but um i think that the 
what they ended up being able to portray and what actually comes across is just remarkably characteristic of the, it matches the movie really well. Um, so the overall product is just, um, it has that much more impact for me because right. um, I think true. the word that you used, Sean, ridiculous is the word I would have to pair with Jim Carrey in all accounts. Um, and like, he's not my favorite, but um, <laughs> it's definitely, I don't know, it, it's good comedy to me, at least. I, I think, it, I think it, it, it's childhood comedy. And I think yeah. it mm-hmm. adds to that homage of just kind of not ev- not taking everything so seriously because the song itself is is almost quite serious um but in in a different context which i i, I think it's funny because you add irony to seriousness then you get kind of hilarity you know that's funny and this actually is a good segue if no one else has anything to say about this but um it uh what's the word you just used um Irony, hilarity, obscurity, hunter. Um, <laughs> no, um, sorry. Yeah, well, see, I spoke way too soon. Shoes, I, I don't know. <laughs> or law. Um, but anyway, I guess this needs to move on. So, <laughs> um, so the the last tune on our playlist, and uh, the other one that I decided to submit for this is. Um, a version of Santa Claus is coming to town and um, it's by mm. Michael Buble. Mm. Um, and uh, if you've heard the version, then, you know, my, I have a type, I guess, when it comes to Christmas music. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, um, it, I like this piece because it really catches the swing feel. Oh, mm. reminds me what Sean said. It, um, this kind of music, it kind of, it keeps us from taking things too seriously. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I think this style has um, to it, there's a freedom to it, and it's infectious um, of jazz music. And, um, you know, sometimes I wonder if it comes from the three fiddle, because there's an mm-hmm. extra step in the middle of it. Sure. It's not as grounded. Um, but... Anyways, Santa Claus is coming to town is a is a nice like uh, swing for feel. And um, I have a personal story connected to this tune, too, because when I was student teaching, um, I worked with a um, incredibly unique, uh, unique woman. But um, we wrote the Christmas program that year for fourth grade and second grade. And one of the buddy songs um, where they all got to dance together was this one. And we choreographed um, like um, something you would see like in Vegas with all the lights and stuff. And <laughs> candy canes. And it was so cute. Um, but it, it really just, it makes me really like um, the style of the piece, I think that the product it gives is is totally of itself, in and of itself. Um, that and like uh, the winds are great, and um, I, mm-hmm. I think the drummer sounds great, and he sounds great, so um, it's really pretty good. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did you guys think of this tune? Um, I'll go first. Um, sure. Yeah, no, I I think uh, Buble 
in the right sense is is kind of perfect for for Christmas just because I think his voice is just like I said with with Chenoweth um sugary buttery hunter like to say margin Marie um a little more technically challenging um no no I I, I when I think about Buble I, I just I just love how smooth everything is and his approach to that music is just it's just so beautiful it was really weird when I was trying to hum out the tune I just started singing let it snow let it snow, let it snow. Because I thought of the the um <laughs> I thought of the flu lick. And I thought that that was kind of funny. But then I was like, wait, no, that's not him. Hunter, who sings Let It Snow? I can't remember. Is it is it um Dean Martin? Yes, Dean Martin. Is it Dean? Yeah, okay. Yep. I, I almost thought when I thought of Dean Martin, immediately I thought of Buble, which is so weird because I'm sure Buble when he was starting to put his, you know, self together, I'm sure he thought of Dean or thought of, you mm -hmm. know, a Sinatra in that way that he was looking for that signature jazz singer, lounge singer sound. And I think that was just something that he just kind of came to that was just pretty easy that he's like, you know, I think that this makes the most sense and it sounds like this. So, um, and, and it made sense to him that he was going to go in that direction. So in that vein, it, it almost feels like he he's doing something right, where he he understands what he's doing and he's he's doing a really good job of that. It just, you know, for me, I think that this song is just it's just so, you know, it's 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 in a box, but it's in a nice you know Christmas box where it just kind of just fits, you know. And I think that's just something I like about his music is that mm -hmm. I don't think it it is too serious. But I think in a way it is serious where it's just kind of really relaxed and just kind of very open too. you know, I, I think that's really cool. And I do like his range as a singer because it's very I think he's like a mid high tenor, I think. So I think it's really interesting in that way. But he has a beautiful voice and he does really sing it very well and adds to that nostalgia like feeling as we were mentioning with a lot of these songs. Yeah, um, he's quite the modern day Sinatra in, in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah, um, and you know, I I think that it's interesting how we compare certain musicians to and certain sounds, um, because Sinatra had a very different sound than Buble does, yeah. especially in this tune. You know, um, but I think that the difference is that it's more of the same. Like it fits within a box. It's very stylistically accurate in and of itself. Um, and his, the color of his voice and the tessitura it sits in, it matches the colors that he's put across. Um, and the fills that he have has, they're all the same sense of ribbon you know so it's just wrapped with a bow and nice and um square but hunter um was this the first time you had heard this no i had heard this i had heard this rendition before and you know it's funny you know we, we talk about dean martin we talk about sinatra buble is i think if you ask most musicians they'll say he's considered the last of the crooners um because you know he's sort of the last vestige of the uh the old style right i mean you don't really hear anyone else new doing it um and he's been around for a lot longer than you think he has um and it's funny you know in my class i always have music on as they're coming in the room and it's it's you know it's not always italian um even though that's the class it could be anything um 
And usually if I have someone like, you know, it could be Buble as a more uh, modern person, or it could be Sinatra, it could be Martin, it could be older, like um, uh, maybe even Bing Crosby. And, you know, the first thing out of, I can guarantee you the first thing, out, or, or if you play someone like Glenn Miller or Benny Goodman, mm-hmm. um, the first thing out of their mouths is, why are you listening to Christmas music? <laughs> and I'm like, it's not, it's That's not funny. Christmas music, but... Isn't it funny that, you know, that it, the only time they are ever exposed to that style of music is at Christmas time because the, the classic style of Christmas music that we've been talking about with Garaldi, with Dean Martin and Let It Snow, with Sinatra's renditions of the various Christmas songs he did, the Carpenters, which obviously were a little bit later, um, those are older. It's the older style. And those songs around Christmas time have been the ones by those artists that have persisted. So when an artist like Buble, who obviously has styled himself off of those older singers, does anything, you know, because he's put out a lot of standards albums, that's what they think of immediately. They think of Christmas music. I mean, it could be In the Mood or, or Moonlight Serenade or Chattanooga Choo Choo. But to them, it's Christmas music, or it sounds like Christmas music, even though it has nothing to do with Christmas whatsoever. Because that's what they think of. So this particular song, you know, obviously does a great job of combining, um, you know, um, I would say a more modern sound with an older style. Um, so I, I really, I really enjoy it. I like the jazz band sound that it brings. Of course, everyone likes a nice swelling orchestra and, you know, a really a, a full Christmas rendition maybe even like a boston pops doing christmas music but the uh what would you call it the jazz you know you refer to them as lounge singer jazz singer style i think is what for a lot of people is reminiscent of christmas you know what i mean so i think in that way he has one of the uh one of the ultimate sounds of what we would think of as christmas singer Mm -hmm. Um, and I think he is very good at, at maintaining that too. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter what he does to tweak something new, he still retains this, um, underlying identity. It's very, um, clearly him. And so, uh, there are so many good tunes on this list and the, the real thing is that there's tons and tons and tons of Christmas music out there. Um, (laughs) So one thing I had mentioned this earlier for a minute, but um, around this time of year, I'm always just thankful at the fact that um, Christmas, uh, it gives to us a whole lot more than I think we realize too. Um, Mm -hmm. All these things that we create to um, feel and to, remember and um enjoy things during the holiday season i'm just i'm thankful that people continue to create um to find new ways to say the same thing because Mm -hmm. it's worth that to say it to the person that you want to so it's just kind of um it's really cool to see what kind of music that we bring uh because i think each of us have a type in some sense (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's been very made very clear from this list. <laughs> like, um, I, I just it's so funny because somewhere in in a box, you know, Mariah Carey and Jacob Collier belong in the same. 
<laughs> you know? You'll open the gift and they'll come popping out. Yeah. 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 Anyways, um, thank you so much uh, for joining us for a fun episode. We've been so excited to do this one that we have had some time struggling to find <laughs> the time where all three of us can do another episode. We're, we're yeah. glad that we uh, made this happen. And thanks for being here with us. And um, Merry Christmas, guys. Um, it's been real fun. And um, I can't wait for that, uh, you know, the, oh, that cross question, cross yeah, questionnaire, the, the tradition that I wasn't a part of yet. <laughs> we are very excited to have you. Hunter is uh, grinning with excitement. Uh, and again, we want to wish you all Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and all of the above and uh, hope you're doing well. And uh, the next episode that you'll hear is some Sharice Williams. You know, very excited to talk about that with her very soon. Uh, see you next time. Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays, guys. Yeah, that's because I don't make Merry Christmas jokes. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, it's been a fun episode. And um, so at this time in the year, we are going to bring back uh, the Proust musical questionnaire uh, the next time Woo! up. So make sure you're looking out for that. And I'm excited to be a part of that this year. So um, anyways. My name is Sean Ramkunis. And I'm Mary Haddix. <laughs> and I'm Hunter Sagona, and we will see you next time. Happy holidays and a happy new year, and keep listening to what you love. <laughs>